Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, guys. This week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, uh, Tony Evans. Um, as you would have seen possibly on my Facebook page this week, and you can see by the uh, description below, that when you clicked on it, that this week's episode is about doom metal. Um, for those that don't know what it is, obviously strap in, you'll find out. For those that love it, you might learn some more. Um, it sort of come across me because... Uh, this week coming, so this weekend coming, um, we're going to a, a Doom Festival here in Canberra at the Rose Cottage, which is just uh, down the road from here, which is great, like literally like 15 minutes from here, which is brilliant for me. Normally it's right the other side of town and it's a pain in the ass to get there. Um, and uh, headlining by the local Canberra Doom Giants, Witch Skull. Witch Skull, uh, if you don't know who they are, I've, I've mentioned them before. I think I've done a review of one of their albums. Um, they are the remnants of quite... Uh, they, they've got the Canberra Metal Royalty. Like They've been in all sorts of bands um, and also international acts as well. Um, but they create this sort of really heavy stoner doom Um which I think uh, was sort of sadly over-missed. I mean, they were, at one point, they were number one on the Doom Metal charts. Yeah, guys out there, there is a Doom Metal charts, and they were number one on that. Uh, and it really, if you get a chance, I mean, three albums and one on that, they've got a new one coming out, hopefully the one that they, on Saturday, they're going to sort of uh, air some new tracks, which will be brilliant. It's extra. Uh, my favourite track of those is Burning Blue Light, uh, Burning Blue Fire, sorry, you've got to you've got to listen to that. It's just just it's crushing. It's it's so doomy. It's brilliant. Anyway, so that's what made me think about um, the genre of doom. Um, now I came across doom sort of you know uh, you know was about obviously everyone comes across doom uh, right at the beginning of their heavy metal. Um, journey or the heavy rock journey. Oop, I'm gonna move my mic. See, look, professional. Um, uh, and it's because we've all listened to Black Sabbath. Now, Black Sabbath are the progenitors, the beginning. They are the people that created and invented the doom metal genre. Uh, there are other obvious, obvious influences uh, out there when you move into the other branches of. Doom, because Doom is just, just an overall um, genre, and then there are sub-genres like all metal that shoots off and does different things. Okay, um, and 
so you with the first Black Sabbath album, you know, that opening discordant note on the first very first track of the album, it you know, straight away it says Doom. I mean Doom itself as a um, as a musical genre um based lyrical contents are despair impending dread uh, nihilism uh depression i mean it's <laughs> i'm not selling it to people i know guys but um actually if you think about if you go backwards in time and step back further um classical music has always had dark and heavy impending um uh, images and music. I mean, and it's in between that blues, as I said last week, before, sorry, can be very, very heavy. And of course, that's your, your Black Sabbath as well. You see, they're, they're your blues-driven people. But, um, you know, look at the classic um, composers like Mahler and Wagner and Litz and, um, who did I write down? Um, and Beethoven and Bach. They all have these moments where the music is thick and deep and 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 heavy i mean one of the big also things with doom is that it's a slower tempo music it's down tuned heavily it's thicker and it's a heavier sound um it's not for everyone uh, you know, I'm not expecting anyone out there who, just because you love heavy metal, you're going to suddenly love Doom. I mean, I love heavy, heavy metal, but I really hate hair metal and um, some of that sort of overproduced stuff and that that sort of 80s Motley Crue um, era. Now, I know, sorry if I if I alienate my listeners, but we all have our own tastes, don't we? Um, that doesn't mean I won't do an episode on those because I probably will, um, but it's just not my kind of thing i wouldn't reach out for it but with doom so i came across it through actually interestingly so my journey is that yes it was sabbath very deep and dark and then i listening to my brother's classical records um the uh wagner the ring cycle my brother had uh on a massive like like 13 vinyl um uh box sets it was like five box sets and it was just amazing I don't. Even, I mean, I had no idea what was going on, but I would. I sort of put it in, and it would just be it consume me and overpowering, uh, rhythmic, um, uh, and you know the, the the moments of light and dark are just are quite stunning. Um, but then I sort of, I accidentally jumped into it in the in, in a big way because my friend Crazy Melvin, um, as I've told you before, two friend two friends called Melvin, one Crazy Melvin, one normal Melvin, crazy Melvin, and uh, I call him that because for the life of me, I can't remember his last name, um, it's, I haven't spoken to him in 30 years, but you know, crazy Melvin and I, we went, he had a ticket to go and see um, Candlemas, Solitude Eternus, Cathedral, and I cannot remember the fourth one, but it was at the um, Tufnell Park Dome in Tufnell Park, North London. Uh, now, it, it, everyone has been to Tufnell Park. Uh, those that live in London and know it well, I'm not to offend you here, but it is a really dreary place. Um, but the Tufnell Park Dome is like a, like a mecca for um, 
all sorts of bands have played there. Um, but the thing that was the big one was I didn't know any of the bands. I had no idea of any of the bands. Melvin, as I said before, he was a, he's a, you don't meet many real Satanists in life. I mean, proper, real, proper ones. He's a real, proper one. And, um, you know, he was, um, he'd had a an accident as a child. And so he was a little bit, you know, he was a little bit on the edge, was Melvin. And, um, he was he's a he was a Mauritius from Mauritius, and anyway he um he got these tickets he he loved he got you know he's the one that came with me to day aside and stuff but he's like oh I've got these tickets for I've got his ticket for this Doom Festival do you want to come I'm like Doom Festival yeah all right why not you know at that time I was really really doing the Iron Maiden and the Priest and the 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 you remember it was it was like nineteen ninety two maybe 93 i honestly the it's a bit blank the year but it was around that time and um i think that the candle mass were touring the uh night hang on let me just have a look i'll just check what they were touring but i thought they were touring the night wish album let me wait a second no they were touring tales of creation uh nightfall was 87 um Ancient Dreams, which is the one that I, everyone knows, is 88. It was Tales of Creation, I think they were touring. So it must have been 1990. Uh, anyway, around that around that time. Um, and it was Cathedral's first UK tour. Once Lee Doran had left um, uh, Napalm Death. Uh, he formed a stone and metal band called uh, Doom Man called Cathedral. Um We'll get back to those in a moment, but um, yes. Yeah, so, so when I see do we saw there, we I remember queuing up. Um, anyway, I tell you what, no. Let's talk about the live experiences in the second half. We'll, we'll chat about bands here. So, um, Doom has so many offshoots. So it's a really good form of metal for those that don't want all the speed and all the aggression, but want some of that sort of solid driving rhythmic nuances um in the uk bands the early formed uh, doom bands were bands like witchfinder general which are um i highly recommend they're part of the new album or the new wave of british heavy metal um offshoot and they are i've got the only three albums but the i mean the, the albums are quite daring uh, the covers have nudity and violence on them very much um uh, part of its time but very 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 Black Sabbath um, sounding um, with a little bit of blues driven deep purple rhythms on it. Um, and then you've also got, um, as a cathedral, but then later on in the US, you had um, Pentagram and St. Vitus, um, The Obsessed, Trouble, Kirith Ungle, and Reverend Bazaar. Um, they were the sort of the main headlining acts with the Doom. Um, sort of area but in sweden really it was driven by Candlemass. so in europe there are a lot more doom bands in europe i really can only ever sort of put my fingers on things like Candlemass. i'd say um there is and they're the traditional dooms so they're your your untuned much slower um i think the guitar rhythm piece for mirror mirror on candle from candle mass on ancient dreams uh, it's probably the 
I mean, my mate Steve says it, and I reckon I agree with him. It's probably the greatest riff, metal riff of all time. And that's a really big call when you think about all the riffs that um, Iomi and um, the countless guitarists have produced. This particular one just screams heavy metal at you as soon as you hear it. Um, Not blisteringly fast, okay? Not blisteringly fast, no, but absolutely um, sort of just it pulls you in almost pulls you under it's a it's a really um addictive sound and i i i will often go to a doom uh moment because i don't want always the speed you know you do get guitar solos in doom and you do get breakdowns and you do get things but you don't get a lot of million notes being played it's more at a sort of walking pace if it's real doom anyway um you'll find that if you come if you listen to any which skull which skull is the same very few really um aggressive guitar solos they're there but they're more about it's more about the um wall of sound i think is the best way to describe it and that's your traditional doom right and then you step outside of those and of course like with all um metal genres for some reason or for good reasons there's lots of offshoots because people want to be really um, intelligent they're intelligent and they want to create and be different they want to move their love their art form forward and i think this is one of the things you don't get in a lot of music at the moment is everyone wants to stay where they are because it sells records right but these guys are moving forward and they don't give a shit they don't give a you know they don't give a flying fuck about um um you know the uh, where the money is coming from. They just want to be creative. Of course, they want to make money. That everyone has to survive. But at the same time, their art is more important. Um, there are lots of offshoots. So I'm going to name them, and then we'll go through the sort of different things. There's Epic Doom. Now that's the one I probably aim towards more. That's your Candle Mass, your Solitude, your Solitude, uh, Solitude Eternus. Um, it's got operatic vocals. It's got clean um, vocals, operatic vocals. It's got uh, a slow, lower, more heavily classical music-influenced sound. Um, I mean, epic is for good reason. It says epic. I mean, Candlemas is a classic example of that. Um, Messiah Marcolin, who I'll talk about in the next bit, um, has probably one of the best epic metal voices on the planet. Um, He has played lots of bands since leaving Candlemas. Um, but the, honestly, Candlemas era is the best. Um, and then you get things like Progressive Doom. So it all, doesn't it? Release probably all the bases of Doom music, but with some uh, obviously stepping outside of its traditional four walls, which then makes it progressive. Um, you know, it's sort of like um, the the bands that are sort of wrapped around the progressive doom metal are things like forgotten tomb woods of yeep and um bethlehem they're the bands that are sort of headline if you're going to have a doom festival and they were part of it they're going to be headlining that um you know um and then you and of course that's progressive is again it's different so instead of being really slow down tuned it's it's a bit faster it has a down tuning but it's got a different um rhythm section out add different stories it won't be as dark interesting um not one i've really delved into a lot to be honest i think i need to sort of look into that a bit more and then you get your black doom so your black doom thickier thicker bassier shrieking vocals um 
far greater satanic ideology. Um, again, I didn't really mention that in the previous, but the other Doom stuff. Doom stuff is also really uh, sort of set around um, uh, Celtic and um, I hate the word Celtic, but and pagan. I hate the word pagan as well because it's they're made up words, not modern words, but Celtic and pagan words uh, are themes. Um, I think actually, if I think about it now, um, I uh, Black Sabbath's two albums. The two greatest Black Sabbath albums outside of Ozzy. Sorry if you're going to grind your teeth at this one, but um, Headless Cross and Tear with Tony Martin, my idol, who I interviewed only recently. Um, one day I might get it up on the podcast and snippets of it. Now you can have a listen. Um, uh, he that they they're pretty typical mid '90s doom, in my opinion, early '90s doom, um, in a different kind of way. Um, but backtracking, sorry. So your Death Doom. So um, you know it's got uh, the main. Ba- it's, it was very popular in the nineties. It, it, you don't get as much Death Doom now, although I see it coming through the review pages a lot. Um, uh, things like My Dying Bride, Paradise Lost. Again, death metal is something that I really enjoy, and it's not something I want to mix it with my Doom, to be honest. Um, because then it's sort of uh, it's sort of like sensory overload <laughs> for me, um, but you know if you enjoy it, that's fine. I mean, I mean, I'm obviously I'm only picking out a couple of bands. I'm not going to go for an entire subgenres band listing because it'll be forever and a day. It'll be boring, and you won't get much out of it. I want you to listen. You know, take a note of the genre names and go and have a look yourself. All right, but mainly my dying bride. Again, lots of nihilism, lots of depression. Um, it was very, it was influenced heavily by Celtic Frost and Hellhammer. Of course, Celtic Frost and Hellhammer influenced everyone in the black metal scene and in the death metal scene. Everyone. I've told it before in my podcast here at Christmas. I love to put my Christmas lights up while listening to Celtic Frost, uh, and I love the delicious irony of it. Um, a Jew Christmas and black metal is just wonderful. Anyway. That aside, that definitely aside. So then you, so then you've got. I mean, I, I'm probably going to miss other genres and subgenres. Okay, there's funereal doom. A good friend of mine, Vivian, um, she uh, she loves the funereal doom. Funereal doom is a completely different taste, right? You have to sort of understand this stuff is really a very much an acquired taste. The headline act for Funereal Doom bands is a band called Batushka. Batushka. They imagine Ghost, but a fuckload better. Sorry, I've sworn twice in this episode. I am sorry, guys. Uh, a load better. Um, and just heavier. They all wear... You can't see who they are. They're wearing completely masked in, in cowls, hoods, that is. Um, and... You know, there's skulls on the stage, candles. It's uh, all based around um, Polish funeral music. It is beautiful. It truly, in a in a, a, a dark and aggressive manner and in a black way, it is beautiful. So I'm just on my computer. I'm a bit to die there. It really, really is. It's something 
I came across late a couple of years ago. It was very weird synergy because I just I had been listening to him for about six months, and I sort of mentioned to Benji, "Hey, you should listen to this band." And then he texts me the same day and goes, "They're playing Canberra." I could not believe it. Sat, we bought the tickets. Yes, we did. Really, first in we got them, and then they cancelled due to visa condition issues. They're apparently coming back out in a couple of years' time, or next year, sorry, in March, April. I can't wait. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. If they bring half the show that they that they do, um, again, YouTube them, guys. Batushka. I will put it in the show notes. Um, brilliant band, Liturgy, which is their. F- it's 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 a great album. Oh God. Um, it, it, it is again not for everyone. I, you know, you put it on, you might go tone. You're going, you're nuts. What is this thick, dirty rubbish I'm listening to? Uh, and that's fine. But I want you to try or listen. To it, give it a go anyway. Um, I know you guys do out there give it a go when I mention it. So we'll be keen to hear your feedback on it. But I, it is something that um, at the time when I discovered it was sort of mm, just at the outbreak of COVID, maybe just before, just before. Um, and it was winter, and it's very much a wind. I'd gone through quite a life-changing experience. Um, I changed careers. Uh, I was travelling more to work than I used to, and I was spending the time searching for this music on the bus. And this turned up, and it was just like perfect for me, perfect at the time. Um, so, Funereal Doom. There's actually um, an Australian band called Mournful Configuration. Congre- congregation they apparently pioneered the sound um i it didn't know about this band to researching this podcast so i'm gonna i really haven't jumped into them um sort of 10 seconds here a minute there i'm gonna give it a go um after i've stopped recording um, and i'm gonna do my boring humdrum day-to-day house stuff i'm going to be putting on some mournful con- congregation and see what happens be interesting to see that i think they're from melbourne i believe all the good heavy shit comes from melbourne <laughs> really um sorry sydney listeners all the du- no no it's not true sydney make brilliant metal they really do um friends of mine pure envy got a new album coming out soon new single coming out august the 5th um absolutely amazing they're from newcastle they're a thrash band um and sydney make brilliant bands but melbourne seems to do the the heavy dark stuff really well anyway that my opinion and i'm sticking to it um that's really doom. That's doom in a nutshell, guys. Um, down-tuned, uh, dark, mournful, oppressive, not aggressive. Um, in fact, if anything, it's it's um, non-aggressive kind of form of music. Its lyrical themes can be um, satanic, they can be fantasy, they can be um, real-life issues. I mean, there is an offshoot to doom I didn't talk about because I actually think it's very it, it worries me slightly. It's sort of called um, suicidal doom, and I, I oh, look. I'm not going down that chute. I'm not going down that route because um, I don't want to. Um, if you are feeling that kind of way, anyone out there, people, anyone that feels that kind of way, please do reach out to someone. Um, there, in every country you're in, there is a. I mean, in Australia, we've got Lifeline and Beyond Blue. I'm sure in America and in the UK you've got, and in Europe, and everywhere in the world there's people you can reach out to. Um, I know that the it can get very dark, and these themes that we this music um, talks about uh, can be that way. But please, it's there's there's always um, 
an answer um, and always help if you need it. Anyway, um, I'm going to go and rest my old vocal cords. Uh, I'm trying now to do slightly longer shows, guys. Um, so I'm going to sort of like 25 minutes before the interval and then go interval afterwards. If they're too long, please reach out and tell me when we go back to a shorter format. I quite realise I can't get enough into 30 minutes anymore. Um, and, you know, I rabbit on as enough as it is. Um, and uh, it just, you can't get enough in there. I can't cram it in, as, as the vicar said to the nun. Um, I'm going to, we'll go into the B side. We're going to go to the adverts now. I'm going to get a fresh drink. My throat's a bit dry. Um, and we'll talk about some experiences I have with Candlemas and with uh, Cathedral and a couple of other Doom bands uh, on the other side, guys. Um, enjoy the adverts um, and uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Welcome back, guys. I'm sufficiently hydrated. Nice hot cup of tea. Uh, and stretch my legs. Now, so, we've already talked at the beginning about Doom. Now, it's, as I said, it's one of my favourite genres of the music, of heavy metal, um, because it's just a lovely juxtaposition between all the speed and the and the um, pomposity. Although Doom can be pompous, but, uh, you know, of all the... Um, aggression that you get in a lot of heavy metal it's, it's actually really nice to not be as aggressive people might completely poo-poo that and say to me no tony it is aggressive i don't think it is i think it's like it's more more folk more pastoral more pastoral more almost um church-like which is completely contradictory in respect to some of the views of the music that it's been played in it anyway so as I said at the beginning, and we'll chat about how I come across. So, so as I said, Melvin got me a ticket to this festival at the Turnpike Lake in sorry, Turnpike Lane somewhere else, um, at the um, the Dome in Tufnell Park, um, uh, North London, because I grew up and was raised in North London, and that's where it was close to me. Like it was only like a twenty-minute trip on the train to get there, um, about a 15 minute walk from the train station, if I remember rightly. Anyway, uh, we, I remember queuing up, queuing outside, and I was wearing uh, an old um, army trench coat, um, ripped jeans. Um, I think at the time I was wearing a stripy black and white punk jumper that my brother had. It wasn't. Um, I wasn't wearing a band shirt, um, and I had these great big, huge um, old army boots of my uncle's that I was wearing, um, <laughs> and you know silver rings on each finger and I was sort of very long hair and I was very thin and very sort of um pale as I was just become a vegetarian just around that period um and uh Melvin was this long-haired Mauritian so dark-skinned ultra skinny skinnier than me and he wore tight um <laughs> I forget it tight white jeans which was I thought it was very strange for him at the time, and then uh, he had like a, like a a leather jacket on, and we were standing there, and these young kids were 
I remember because one of them was starting to say something to talk to me, and I'll talk to anyone. I was chatting away, and then he said he made some comment about Melvin's jeans, and Melvin being Melvin, he, he, he you could see the, almost the colour of his eyes changing, and I think he was gonna, he was gonna go, <laughs> go for their throats. He had very long nails, as he played guitar, um, uh, and you know he would have taken the juggler out. I'm sure he would have, he would have hit, he would have hit the ephemeral artery and killed him. Like he, he was really quite angry because they were take, they were calling him all sorts of names. I won't repeat here what they were calling him, but anyway, we got into the venue and um, I remember I don't have a lot of memories of because I was like seventeen, so I wasn't drinking, um, and he wasn't drinking. He's a teetotaler, and um, so we were a fun bunch, weren't we? We got in there. I remember. No, no, hang on. I'll lie there. I was drinking. He wasn't drinking. I was underage drinking. Now don't um don't tap and point your finger at me. All of us have done it one time or another. Um and I remember because the the headline act was um Candlemas. So before then Solitude Eternus was on and they were Oh and um oh that's the other band. It was Saint Vitus. Shit. That's it. So the Invitus were on. Now they were they were sort of twin headlining with Candlemass. What a what a effing lineup, guys! I mean, you know, talking about the do you know, a doomgasm. Just thinking about it. I mean, unbelievable. So Solitude Eternus were on, and they I remember them being all right. There was a lot of punks, but a lot of punks turned up. Um, really hardcore punks because of Lee Dorian, because he used to be in um, um, uh, Napalm Death. So I, I don't think they quite understood what was about to happen, right? But anyway, um, say so yeah, Solitary Turners were on. They were great. You know, they got heavy. Um, I remember Saint uh, uh, Vitus being really droney, like really sort of atonal drone. Um, and they were old people, the old guys. I mean, they were, when I saw them, then they were in their probably late fifties. This is twenty, thirty years ago, um, and. They, it was. I remember thinking. I remember. I remember. At that time, I was not really going, jumping into the crowd situation. I probably hung back at the back of it. Um, to my sort of dismay, I should, have, I should have got more involved, but I didn't. And I tell you, I and mean, it was good that I didn't actually. I tell you why, because there was massive fights at the front, and it got really heavy. Um, and they, and then they played a sort of forty, fifty minute set, and then Cathedral played, and I remember thinking to myself. That these guys are gonna be big. I just I, I, I didn't realize it was Lee Dorian because um, my brother Ron, he's um, was good friends with the band with Napalm Death. Um, they would see each other around the traps because Ron was a, a punk from the late seventies, and so he was always around this scene. And he, they, he knew them. I remember him telling me about them because he helped Roadie for them when they were touring with extreme noise terror um anyway and i think they played if i remember rightly i think they played at the clenad ring in um brent street once as a sort of a sort of surprise gig i i didn't go but my brother went not um not cathedral no no deep um extreme noise terror um i think they were playing with with some of the members of crass as well Anyway, side note, because um, Ron used to play, used to also do knew the band um, Snuff as well. Anyway, I digress. So, 
yeah, got a bit rough. I remember a lot of stage diving. One of my funny, one of the memories I remember the most. I remember seeing Melvin standing at the side of the stage, and he he wouldn't sit down anywhere. I look at why are you sitting down, Mel? And he's like, I've got white jeans on. I'll get shit all over him. <laughs> Sorry, it was just I just found it so amusing that there's this you know guy that that writes satanic verses on. On, on underground walk, you know walkways and and um, listens to some of the most you know vile stuff I'd ever had to listen to, and there he is. He wouldn't keep, sit down because his white jeans would get messy. <laughs> you know what? It's things you remember, eh? Things you remember. Anyway, but then Candlemas came on, and Candlemas blew my seventeen-year-old mind. Um, you have to picture it. Swedish doom band, right? Brilliant musicians, very Black Sabbath driven, and I was going for a massive Black Sabbath thing because Tony Martin was still in the band. It was still that that period of the Headless Cross tier um, sort of period, and I was really into them. And and you know it, everything I did was everywhere I was listening, I was either listening to Venom or Black Sabbath, and. I made never the three things I was really sort of in the metal genre anyway, really into. And this guy, like this six foot eight, I'm sure he's probably not that, but he, he he looked that big. He's giant of a man. Um, I did put on my Facebook page a video to one of the live period uh, shows of that particular tour. Please do go and have a look. That's at uh, Heavy Metal Tones Facebook page. Um, I'll put a link in as well in the show notes. Uh, and, whew, man, he was just, he had this cow, he had like a, a monk's outfit on, tied up with string, and he would just like stomp around the stage, and he was doing all the um, mirror, mirror, you know, just all the lyric, all the, he was just this really falsetto operatic voice, um, uh, and they, you know, did a couple of Black like Sabbath covers, it was just crazy, and the gig finished, um, and we didn't go anywhere. I, I remember just standing around. We were hanging around, um, just having a drink. I think we were just chatting to people. And this giant of a man walks up to the bar, and it was Messiah Marcolin, the lead singer of Candlemas. And I, I just remember standing. I mean, I'm not short, but I'm not tall either. I'm just under six foot. Um, and I'm sit, I'm standing next to this guy, and I said to him. Can I buy you a beer? That was amazing. And he just said, da. He's Swedish. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry only my Swedish listeners. I don't want to um, damage or ruin your native tongue. Um, and I'm not, he was, I'm not, I could do the Swedish chef. But I won't do that. Because <laughs> that's not how Messiah talks. No, he didn't do that. That's a din, didn't it? Oh, diddy beer. No, that was terrible. Um. And again, I don't want to offend my Indian listeners. Sorry, that was just, just so. Anyway, it's too early in the morning here and a bit too cold, um, and my brain went into in somewhere else. But so, I gave him this beer, and I remember I had my pint. Um, I gave him the beer, and it looked like he was holding like a, a little shot glass, and he smacked it back. I reckon two gulps. It, it looked like it, it really did, and he just put it down, and it, again, he just looked at me, gave me a thumbs up, 
shook my hands, gave me the horns. You know, these days with a mobile phone, you take a photograph, then I just have this memory of this big curly-haired behemoth of a front man, one of the best front mans in modern music. He just walked away into the sunset, um, off to tour the rest of the world. Uh, and it was just amazing. And it's one of those memories of my life that I go, did I really happen? Did I, did I, did I buy him that dr- was he really there? And I've tried finding information about that gig. And honestly, some say Candlemas didn't play. Uh, sorry, Cathedral weren't there, but I definitely saw them. Um, you know, then they say that uh, there's a, a band called Necromancer were on the lineup. I don't remember them. I mean, you have to remember, it was 30 plus years ago and I was drinking. And I'm an old man now. So, you know, I'm not going to remember. So, skip forward 26 years. And it's Soundwave. Now, 2014, I'm going to say, but again, don't quote me. Um, the One of the headline acts was Marilyn Manson, if that helps anyone. Um, that is irrelevant. It's very relevant in a second. So, um, it was good Soundwave, you know, typical sort of, it's a festival, it was a festival here in Australia, guys, across the world, I don't know what that is, so it's like the equivalent of Download and Hellfest and um, Varken, but without the incredible lineups. it was sort of like a, a low-rent um, Audi or little version of Download. We've got some brilliant, brilliant acts, as to not to belittle the festivals, I, I really, really loved it, um, until it, it stopped, Um because uh, it was just good to have a, a punk and metal festival in Australia to go to. But anyway, one of the, on the lineup, who should be on it? But their very last ever Australian tour, because the band were disbanding, Cathedral. And they were playing at sort of two o'clock in the afternoon, and it was in a small side tent. And I said to my mate Steve, "Come on, we're going to see Cathedral." He's a massive Cathedral fan, so he's a big two man. So. So we, off we went. Now, I was standing at the front, right at the front, leaning against the grill, like the 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 thing that separated us from the stage, the the the, the fence. And Lee comes on, and he he gives me a high five, and he's and you could smell the dope from another hemisphere. Um, it's the same with which which goal as well. You can smell it. He's so stoned because he's into the sort of stoner. Some of the cathedral stuff is very. Um, electronic stoner doom, right? It, it, almost some of it is a bit un, in, impenetrable, but the early stuff, no. Um, anyway, he's playing away with this band, his band, and it's just, he's in his flares, a tight sort of red t-shirt top thing, he's got long blonde hair, and he's belting out my favourite, he cut, they played my favourite ever cathedral track, which is Witchfinder, uh, um, general about um, Hopkins, the witch finder from the 16th, 15th, 16th century. Um, it's just, oh, maybe 16th, 17th century, sorry. Anyway, that aside, um, it is a brilliant, brilliant song. It's it's so, well, it's so heavy metal. It's like, it, it's like the stereotype great heavy metal song. You know, it's got, um, it's got, audio from the the wonderful Vincent Price from the movie Witchfinder General. Um, that's a great movie, by the way, sidetrack, go and see that. You get 
try and watch it. It is rather hard to watch. There are torture scenes in it. Um, you can get edited ones if you're a bit squeamish. Um, the director sadly um, died. I think he committed suicide oh, just before the day of its premiere. Um, it was made, made in the 60s, the movie. Um, I recommend it. Um, I know it's a sidetrack. Yeah, so it was released in 68. Um, he actually, sorry, the director, um, he died of a barbiturate overdose three months after its release. So not just on the premiere. There is that, I remember reading it as a child thinking it was the premiere. It's not. Um, it was just before, it was three months afterwards. Uh, yeah. He's got Vincent Price, Ian Ogilvie, Hilary Dwyer, Robert Russell and Rupert Davies in it. Um, and actually Tom Baker helped write the script he of uh, Doctor Who fame helped write it with uh, with Reeves, the director. Yeah, Michael Reeves. Died at the age of 25. Pretty sad. Um, but the movie itself uh, we, is, yeah, it's, a, it's brutal, but very much like the music that he inspired. So anyway, back to the gig. So the gig was amazing. It was a typical festival gig, so it only went for like 45 minutes to an hour, a little bit less. I had banged so violently guys I mean I mean so violently that Steve said to me I'm not looking after you and he walked away um, I remember the, the gig finished and you know we were all cheering and everything and I had to go and walk out the tent and go to the or you know a little shelter thing and go to um, the main stage because I wanted to take a look at um Marilyn Manson not I'm, I'm not a Manson fan sorry don't park that over there I don't care about him but I wanted to just see you know the fuss and um I couldn't see straight um I literally was punch drunk I had no directional ability um I didn't know what time of day it was it felt like a drunk 20 beers um I sort of dazedly wobbled I remember grabbing a stranger and saying, look, I don't know why, I'm sorry, I'm really, I'm really fucked, can you tell me where to go, I need to get to the main stage, and they actually walked me there, I saw Steve in the grass, and I sort of wandered over and lay next to him, and um, you know you're in trouble in this, in this world, where when you lay down, you've got to hold on, uh, I was spinning, man, I was absolutely spinning, I do remember hearing Manson say he hated Sydney and I remember him punching his bass player and I think he got his cock out and pissed on the side of the stage now this is all I mean he's a shock jock isn't he um with not much talent um so it was like I was trying to get a view of that and I just go like I can't deal with you and I just wandered off try and find some water sorry pardon me oh dear me there we go, look at that. Even I bought myself. Um to get some water and um uh and let me just get a drink, sorry, one moment. <laughs> there we better. Um anyway. So yeah, uh, uh, that was the two times those are the two most my most memorable doom experiences. Of course Black Sabbath with my wife and my good friend Milsey. Uh, and my girlfriend Dave, uh, both times they're out here in the last 10 years. Um, very momentous. I remember I, right at the end of um, the very last tour, the Aussie, that the band, the band were ever going to play in Australia, um, they played Dirty Women, which is my favourite Black Sabbath song, guitar solo anyway. And 
off a very much unloved album. Technical, technical Ecstasy is a brilliant album. Uh, and I, I cried. I'm not going to deny that, folks. I openly wept. Uh, uh, it was like the beginning and an end. You know, I've told you before, my very first gig ever was Black Sabbath. Uh, to see them finish their tour um, was a really lovely bit of um, synergy. But, yeah, as doom bands come, I mean, I've seen some local doom bands and bands that sort of, as I said, like your Witch Skull. I think Witch Skull have taken the mantle of modern doom. Um, there's a lot more. Australia has a really good doom scene, actually. Um, I'd like you to delve into it a bit and have a look. Google it. Google Australian doom band. See what you get out of it. Um, so I keep yawning. Oh my God. I'm sorry, guys. I had a really busy weekend. Um, and um, so just and it's been a really busy time of work recently. You know, with lots of COVID around, people are off and I'm suddenly filling extra roles and doing extra work. Um, a bit tired, sorry guys. Don't mean to put you off on a yawn, but anyway, yes. So there are a lot of good bands. A lot of, wherever you are in the world, whether you're in India, Africa, America, the UK, here in Australia, anywhere in Europe, um, try and seek out your local Doom um, community and just see what they're doing because some of it's, you know, some of it's really creative, some of it's really inventive, some of it's old school, um, you know. If you if you want albums, you're saying tone tone. What albums should I listen to to really get an idea about the genre? Really, honestly, um, Ancient Dreams by Candlemass uh, is probably it. Nightfall, um, Candlemass, Candlemass's um, Ancient Dreams. Really, I mean, that sort of underlines it for me. Um. Maybe, oh, if you want something really interesting, actually, if you want something completely uh, progressive, and I saw this band um, in Canberra years ago. My mate saw them in Sydney at a festival and absolutely hated them, but Dave hated them. But I really, really thought they were, I think they're pretty groovy. It's a band called I Hate God. It's all one, all one word. I, as in E-Y-E, hate God. Um, they're very progressive um uh, very, very interesting um, front man and guitarist. I think he can stand on his hair. Like he's that long. It's amazing. Um, but definitely, yeah, honestly, just go and try anything. Okay, any of the th first three Witchfinder general albums. Um, uh, anything by Cathedral. And definitely um, Ancient Dreams. I think they're the ones I'd go with. With Witchfinder, I'd go with Friends of Hell, the 1983 album, and Death Penalty, the 1982 album. They're available on Spotify. I'm, I'm looking for them right now as we speak to show you they are easy to get. Um, and then let's have a look. If we were going to go with uh, Cathedral, I would probably go... Hang on, see, look at this. This is live searching as we go. Um... I would go with Ethereal Mirror from 1993, Carnival Bazaar from 1995. But if you really want one that's going to absolutely take you to where... This is the tour that I went on, which is Forest of Equilibrium, their first album. Um, that has some really 
um, strange things on it. Um, Ebony Tears is my favourite. Serpent Eve, um, f- a funeral request, um, reaching happiness, touching pain. There's only seven tracks on it. Very, it's really quiet and it's 54 minutes long. So they are quite long progressive pieces. Really, really like that. Um, and then if we were thinking about going to, as I said, Candlemas, really, it's going to be, it's going to be ancient dreams. Uh, and possibly their very first album. Um, hang on. Yeah, I'd go. Let's have a look here. I go. Um, yeah, Ancient Dreams, Tales of Creation, Nightfall, and Epicus Dumicus Metallicus from 1986. That is a real classic. It's got it's got a skull with a drumstick through it to make a cross. Epicus. Dumicus Metallicus, yeah, that that that's um, Demon's Gate is, <laughs> yeah, it's wacky and wonderful, um, and you know it's only a small album. There's not a lot. There's not a lot on it. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, six tracks, but well worth delving into all along to give yourself time to listen to it. Um, if you're looking for Solitude Eternus, now they're a band. That um, I've got a few of their records. Um, let's have a look at this. Um, Solitude Aeternus. So it's A E T U R N U S. Um, I'd probably go with early stuff, uh, not so much the later stuff. So I'd probably go into Into the Depths of Sorrow, their first album, then Beyond the Crimson Horizon, their second album. Um, I've got both of those, and both of them, again, beautiful covers. The artwork's wonderful. It is sort of soul-crushingly heavy doom. Um, Transcending Essentials is a good song. Dream of Immortality. I really, really dig where angels dare to tread. Um, It's nothing like a Maiden song, but it is amazing. So their sort of stuff is the way I sort of go through first. Try Black Sabbath if you can get hold of it. You can only get it on white on YouTube at TYR and uh, at this moment and um, Headless Cross. Um, that's it for me this week. Um, you know, uh, it is a kind of music that is quite heavy and sorrowful. Don't want to put it on to massively uplift you. Although, as I said, there are uh, more in the progressive doom is the more progressive, more uplifting stuff. But uh, if you're going to do the... Uh, although I think the new Kirith Ungul album, I think they're Canadian actually, they're, that's a very good album. That's obviously from Lord of the Rings um, influence, but that's a very good a pentagram. Oh, the same fighters. Let's have a look. Sorry. Oh, I mentioned same fighters before, and I, I should give you a recommendation. I have to use my Spotify because my record collection is downstairs and I didn't really write them down I didn't think about it at the time let's have a look same vitus here we go I would go and try the yeah go to their 1984 album same vitus the first album um and on that you know you have it's five songs 35 minutes long doesn't hang around but uh, zombie hunger and white magic black magic yeah it, brilliant and then of course Walking Dead Hello's Victory which is an 85 follow up album um, much longer obviously that by that time they had got a better record deal um, The Sadist is 
the the ending track on that album and War Is Our Destiny, which is the um, fourth track on it. They're my standouts. So yeah, so there's ones I'd pick for St. Vitus, the first album and the second. Um, that's it for me this week. I've I've chatted on far too long. Again, sorry about before. If I offended anyone, it wasn't deliberate. Uh, it's been, yeah, my brain went elsewhere. Um, oh, there's me putting my pen down. Clang, bang, wallop. Um, keep real, keep rocking. Um, obviously, check in for next week's episode. Next week's episode is going to be really interesting. Well, not this isn't interesting, but I figure I'm going to do, um, just give you a bit of appetite and a bit of a lip sort of, uh, sort of an aperitif of it we're going to i'm going to talk about the influence that edgar Allan poe has on heavy metal and heavy rock um songs that have influenced that he's influenced his poetry and his imagery i think that should be a really interesting one um it's mainly inspired by the new witch witchery album and the single off of that which is based on on the on an Edgar Allan Poe poem I won't ruin it because I want to talk about that next week and we'll also chat about the gig which is the gigs have just come up the Les Zeppelin coming up the other night tomorrow night and um the Doom Festival anyway that's me keep safe um keep rocking do dive into some Doom please I'd love you to hear from you tell me what your favorite one is if you love it or you hate it Give me some feedback. That'd be great. Um, you can come and chat to me at my um, messenger me on the Facebook page at Heavy Metal Tones Facebook page and New Album and All Things Metal. Um, and where and please do reach out and give me some uh, five star reviews or whatever you want to give because it does help my podcast grow. Um, it has been rising up the charts in uh, Europe and in Africa of all places and in Australia now, which is good. Um, so that's me. Signing off. Keep safe. Chat to you next week. Bye.